Hey guys, it's Rachel, and you're listening to the Let's Talk Avatar podcast. This is a teen-rated podcast, so listener discretion is advised. As a warning, this podcast contains spoilers for The Legend of Korra. Alright, so let's just start by saying everyone's back together. Finally. Yes! Finally! Finally! Well, I'm not quite completely back together, but it's happening. Oh, we're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there. Thank God. I even put... Uh, I put part of Team Avatars back in action because I was so... This episode was a good episode. Yes, it was. After watching kids for so long <laughs> and and us getting like a first... The first few episodes are good and then they kind of break away and you're like all over the place. This episode brings it all together and you're like, yes. There's so... From the beginning, so much action exactly. to the very end. Yeah. So you're just captivated. It, this is one of those episodes that makes me want to keep watching yeah, I had a really resist. hard time, like, as for the listeners out there, I was just telling Rachel that I just watched this episode before we started recording. If we weren't going to record, I probably would have just kept watching because it was so action-packed. It was fast-paced. It was fun. The humor was actually really funny. I straight laughed out loud yeah. at a couple points. So this episode is just a fantastic 10 out of 10 episode. It's definitely yes. the best episode so far this season. I agree. 100% agree. Oh. It's getting better. It is. We're getting there. It gets better. It gets better. <laughs> so for those of you that started listening to to me when I first joined this podcast and I was like, I hate everything. The show is terrible. Oh my gosh. No. See, we're finally getting to what I love about this franchise. Yes. Jackie doesn't hate everything, you guys. <laughs> Just the kids. <laughs> Just the kids. But I mean, I'm right there with you. Yeah. So this is the hate the kids podcast. That sounds so bad. <laughs> That sounds terrible. Um, just the Hate Milo fan club. Hate club, I guess the you should club? say. We're hate club? Okay. Hate club. It's a Let's Talk Avatar. We changed it to hate club. <laughs> oh my gosh. I took all kinds of notes. Now I'm like, what do any of these notes even mean? Yeah, that's what I do every time. Um, <laughs> the first thing I have on my list is, I was like, how can you just leave your dog for so long? Yeah. Like, she reunites with Naga. I was thinking the same thing. And I'm like, how were you just like, I've missed you. I'd be like, you've left your dog for what, three years? Is that how long it was? I don't remember. Too long. Yeah. Three hours is too long for me. Exactly. I miss my dogs right now. I'm like, um, hey girl, like, your dog's just been chilling here and you haven't cared this whole time. Like, you've cared, but you don't seem that bothered by it, you know? Well, you know, it's kind of weird because, you know, you think about it, three years is a long time Mm -hmm. for anybody. And they did a really good job in this episode of showing how three years, especially if there's no contact or minimal contact, can affect friendships. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, at the end of the day, you know, because we're talking about Mako, Asami, and Korra, um, it completely shifted their dynamic. Their friendship dynamic has changed completely over three years. So they did a really good job exploring it with that. But then with the dog, with Naga, it was like, it had been three minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah That exactly. didn't make any sense. Because I, w- I can't remember, but was Naga, Naga wasn't with her when she was going through her that whole healing and everything right like she seriously have that's what i couldn't remember either way it's like too she long. still went off for like six months yeah and did her own that's thing. way too long so, yeah again i miss long. my dogs after like a couple <laughs> minutes so i can't <laughs> yeah ridiculous okay I, I i'm glad told... no, i'm glad i'm not the only one who thought that because i was really kind of bothered i was like you left your dog <laughs> i just look at those little details and i'm like wait i forgot if i forgot about Na- naga i'm like how did you obviously you did too because you haven't cared about you left that. her there so you just, yeah you're just like bye <laughs> like someone else take care of my dog i'll be back <laughs> like, okay girl and of course uh varic and bolin's 
little storyline. That was that I I like that storyline. Varric drives me crazy though because he, although he is the comedic relief, you know, and so is Bolin to an extent. Yeah, it's like, just they like they both, got the two clowns together in this. Yeah, episode. exactly. But Varric, I'm like, man, if I knew you in real life, having to carry you on my back, first of all, no, like walk, do your own thing. I'm like, how does he get people to do this stuff for him? Yeah, he's I don't a master know. manipulator. He really needs to take um some what's the word I'm looking for? Um I don't know. Pointers. <laughs> some pointers. Some pointers. Hey guys, I've only been up for like an hour or two here, so cut me some slack on this episode. I know that it's um two in the afternoon, but that's my well, they didn't know. So when, they didn't need it. We could be two in the it's morning. It's actually um eight AM. <laughs> I've been up for a few hours. Yeah. Had my coffee. Yeah. You know. Don't believe you at all. I'm a normal human being. This is kind of Varric's chance, though, to have Varric and Bolin both. This was an opportunity. I think they did a pretty good job with it. Um, I was complaining about Bolin. I was just listening to an episode we recorded earlier um, for to edit it. And I was really kind of hardcore complaining about Bolin not really developing much as a character. Like, he still feels really immature and ignorant. This is kind of the chance where they get to show that even though there's not a drastic change yet for Varric and Bolin, it is happening. Like, Varric is realizing he's being a little selfish. Bolin is willing to step up and, you know, put his own ass on the line to help these people um, when they were going through the checkpoint and everything. So, I do appreciate that, at least. But it is really freaking... And Varric sometimes, oh my god, just... Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't be friends with him. Same. Yeah. I don't know how Bolin puts up with him. <clears throat> Bolin's just too nice. Bolin is too nice. Bolin's just a stand-up guy. You yeah. know? Like, always willing to help someone. And even with the whole Kuvira situation, like, he didn't truly understand what was going on. And you you can tell that in this episode when people, these fugitives are like, um, well, we've escaped and this is what she was doing to all of us. And he's like, what? Like, I had no idea this was going on. Yeah, he was just so ignorant to everything. Which, Which, it's really sad because then you have Opal, who's just like a Bolin hater right now. Because yeah, she's, she's like, like, I can't believe like, him. I can't believe I ever dated him. I can't believe I was with him. He's so bad. And it's like, poor guy didn't even know what was happening. He exactly. Even, he truly thought he was helping people for the best. And then he gets wrapped up in this. And he would get wrapped up in it out yeah. of all people. <laughs> Definitely. I just am looking forward to when he joins Team Avatar again. Yeah, and we get to see them. It can't happen soon enough. I know. Honestly. Should Having Asami and Mako and Korra together was good. But I know when Bolin gets there too, it's going to be even better. Yeah. You know, as I was watching this episode, I was thinking about how annoying and pointless it feels like the idea of Prince Wu being kidnapped is. But I couldn't complain about it because... It was an opportunity to show that Mako, Korra, and Asami are still three kick-ass individuals, and despite the time that's passed and how much they've changed and how the dynamic has shifted, at the end of the day, they're still best friends, and they're going to go kick-ass. So I was kind of like, eh, you know, in some ways it could be a filler, but it was nice to see them back together. So I can't complain. I I can't be upset about it. Yeah, I agree. I just realized watching this episode how much I love team avatar no matter who it is i love a group of friends like fighting crime together kind of thing you know yeah. or fighting for what's right and having friendship in between so that's why when there hasn't been team avatar for a while now even in season three there really wasn't a lot of team avatar everyone was still doing their own thing it's so refreshing to finally get them together absolutely yeah and for action 
Though then the action was freaking awesome. I think I made like a bajillion notes on how cool the action was. <laughs> You're like, kapow! Yeah! yeah. Kapow! Uh, like I mentioned, the car chase, it reminds me of previous seasons. And it was just such a fun little yes. car. Because that was a big part of like the first season. Yeah, I thought the same thing. I know some fans, again, I've said this in a previous episode, didn't like the fact that it was there was technology. And sometimes like with the mechs, it's annoying. But with the cars, it was so freaking cool. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that. And then, of course, the fight on the top of the train. Like yeah. that was just so high octane and it was cool and you kept wondering how are they going to get out of this and of course they find a way you know they're going to find a way it's yeah. team avatar but that was just fun it was just a fun freaking episode i just it love was. this episode so i much. have goosebumps right now because i'm just <laughs> like man this was such a good episode this was avatar this episode yes. is what makes avatar great as soon as we get everyone back together it's going to feel even more that way because i feel like with cora they tried and they did a good job with it kind of they tried to be a little more um more mature mm-hmm. and part of them trying to be mature was they forgot about the fun dynamics that made avatar so much fun because you can have well-written fun characters who are great friends and still tell the same story that you're telling but they focus so much kind of on the drama and it always felt yeah. like like with this team we've talked about this before with this team compared to previous team avatar it always felt like there was a little dysfunction, but they're kind of overcoming that. They've, they have overcome that as they've matured because we watched yeah. them mature. They're adults now. That's crazy to think about, you know? Like, yeah. They're old enough to drink and vote. Like, yeah. come on. Like, these are, they're grownups. They're not, it's totally completely different than any other team we've seen. Um, but it's fun. It's, yeah. It can still be fun. And that, they've finally figured that out. A little too late, but they figured it out. So. Yeah, I yeah I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. It was so good. Even watching Mako give like commands to the police officer when they arrested the kidnapper. Kidnapper. Watching Mako do that shows him as a more mature adult, you yeah, know, and exactly. that he's really grown into this role that he's been given. And even Asami's character, like that glove she has. I mean, she's obviously not a bender, but she can hold her own, you know? Yep. And watching them together and like you said, like you've said, seeing them mature is so satisfying. And it's not something we saw in Avatar because they were kids. They were kids till the very end. And so this is nice because it's like, it's more relatable, but I do wish we would have seen more Avatar, Team Avatar throughout, you know? these seasons because after season one it's kind of like with the Mako and Korra drama it ruined a lot of it gosh uh yeah let's not talk about that I'm glad that I wasn't here having to record those episodes um (laughs) the love triangle that never not the love quad it was like you had Bolin added in there too it was was just too much it was like everybody wanted to bang everybody and I I couldn't handle it I was like can you all just and then they decided, which is a, actually this episode is the episode where you could tell they finally truly made the decision this season, which I can't spoil it because you might not have seen the episode, but if you're watching along with us and you've never seen Avatar before, watch the dynamic between the three that we have in this episode, yes. Maka, 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 <laughs> same thing, same thing. <laughs> Mako, Korra, and Asami. And you'll start to kind of pick up on things that are... Yeah. And with with that, I when Mako, when they're eating in the restaurant, and he's like, what's going on with you two? That, I, 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 I took the thing down. So no. <laughs> what does it say? Literally, Mako, what's going on with you two? <laughs> it's like, what's going on with you two? And it's like, 
Oh, you know. Yeah. We all know. At this point, come on, figure it out. Yeah. Figure it out. It's like, come on. That's the only person she's written letters to for the last three years? Which I... (laughs) (laughs) Tell us how you feel, Jackie. Come on. Why? Yeah. Because not why should I tell you how I feel. (laughs) (laughs) Why is she the only one she wrote letters to? Yeah, because... Now, I could be wrong, but I feel like... There was, first of all, like, book two, I think it was book two, season two, whatever, where Sami had, like, three lines all together. I don't think she really spoke yeah. much. Um, but I don't ever recall a feeling that Korra was closer to Asami than she was anyone else. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Now, I don't know if, it, is it because she's female that she felt like she was, she felt more comfortable being vulnerable with her in her letters and admitting where she was at and talking to her. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't seem like a Cora thing. That doesn't seem yeah. like Cora would really give a crap. Yeah. Because there was no point at all previous to this season where I was like, Cora and Asami are best friends. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't understand. Now, once you get to the end of the season, you can see what they were doing. Mm-hmm. But if you take it with the other seasons and again you have to I mean you have to remind ourselves that they originally only had one season mm-hmm. and then they had two seasons which is why sometimes things feel a little disjointed because obviously when they were first starting the series out it was going to be one season and Asami was going to be a bad guy mm-hmm. and then they shifted gears and they had shifted gears again and again and again every single season yeah but make it make sense <laughs> yeah yeah because who do you think she would have who do you think she would have been writing to if she was going to write to anyone I would have thought honestly Mako. Yeah. Because Mako and her, although they've had, like, their issues, they still, at the end of the day, always come back to each other as yeah, friends. You absolutely. know, like They care about each other. Yeah, they, they truly, truly love each other and care about each other. And so that's why I felt for Mako when he was like, wait, you've been writing to Asami this whole time? Oh, you Nukatelli felt betrayed. And it was like... Yeah, because you you feel that betrayal for him because you're thinking like, wait, did you write that down? I wrote Mako is valid. Yes, he's valid in being upset. Yes. And, but at the same time, I also wrote needs to understand. Like he needs to understand that where Cora was coming from in, in terms of how much trauma she had been dealt. But I do absolutely understand why he feels, but in a way, betrayed. Like, why did you write to her? Why not me? Why didn't I get to know? Am I not one of your best friends? Yeah. You know, of course he's going to feel upset about that. And mm-hmm. Cora doesn't have a response. Like, Cora doesn't have a way to defend herself. Yeah. Oh, I had a lot going on. But you wrote the person who you hated a couple seasons ago? I you're, never you're saw your worst you enemy. Yeah. Yeah. I never once saw you guys truly bond in any meaningful way compared to how she's bonded with the brothers. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's, and that, even if it wasn't. It, like, if it, if I were to make a list of who she would have written, in my opinion, it would have been Mako, Bolin, Asami. Yeah, You know, like, exactly. Asami would have been the last one. Mm-hmm. Because even Bolin and Korra are still close, you know? Yeah, they're like bros. Yeah, exactly. And so that's why it was, when you hear that she'd been writing Asami, you're like, oh, that's kind of weird. And then, like you said, it, it makes sense once you see the end of the season yeah, and but it's all still of that. Bad. But it still doesn't make sense. Yeah. I wish they would have... I feel like what they were trying to do is kind of hint at the fact that because they were both girls, they were best friends and comfortable with each other because they are the only girls in Team Avatar. Yeah, exactly. So I I feel like that's what they were going for and trying to like convey to us, not doing a good job, that behind the scenes, maybe they had gotten closer, you know? Okay, they just didn't write it. Yeah, exactly. But that's the thing. They just didn't have time to That's what you have to assume is that they just that they got close when we're not watching the show yeah. you know 
But it doesn't make sense beyond that. It really does. It's just like, what? Like, you didn't even write Mako Morland once? You weren't like, huh, maybe I should send them at least one letter a year. Yeah. You know? But I guess not. And can I just comment on how Asami reacted when she was sharing about her dad and Cora was like, well, how do you know he's not going to betray you again? Which is a valid Sorry, question. Don't tell me I, I know everything like, about my dad. I was like, calm down. I, I was like, dang, girl. Yeah, that's in a little bit. You haven't seen Jesus. Cora in three years besides having written letters to yeah. her. But you haven't seen her. And it's a valid question. Like, yeah. How, how are you going to start out being like, can you go into the Avatar state? Like, that's the first question you ask her. It's very can personal. You, yeah, that's a very personal question. She's obviously struggled with that and then she asks and then she responds to you talking about your dad in a valid way of like well are you sure that's a smart idea like she's any friend would she's it's, looking out for her exactly she's like what do you you don't know what's best for me after you've been gone for three years and i'm like oh my gosh girl relax i regret writing you is what i want to say yeah. <laughs> sorry mako i yeah. should have written to you <laughs> give all those letters to mako <laughs> oh yeah i it was definitely I was just like, dang, Asami. Also, Asami, I don't know if she's wearing heels or what, but she's a lot taller than Cora. I was so shocked. I was like, this girl's tall. I never realized. It was like how sick her dad is. You know? (laughs) You're like, dang. You never realize it until you get certain angles and you're like, dang. Oh my god. Okay, so when Prince Wu got kidnapped. <laughs> and the one time Mako doesn't, doesn't go, to the go hold him. Hold him. <laughs> doesn't hold him while he's going to the bathroom. He gets kidnapped. When the guy sprayed the gas, a towel protected him. I know. And I don't even think the towel is protecting his nose or his eyes. So would he. I. I, I also want to know how they were able to transfer vehicles. Right? Cora. Knocks they, them out. How do they have time between her chasing them to transfer him to another vehicle? Like, they just happen to have another vehicle waiting, just in case. I don't... They were v- too smart. Too smart. Too smart, too smart for us. Yep. We'll never understand. Um, um, so, when you see that group of people show up um, or, you know, capture Varric and Bolin, does that dude, the main dude, not look like Avatar Wan? You know who I thought it looked like? I thought it looked like um, Spike from Cowboy Bebop, and then he's also voiced by the same voice actor. I haven't seen Cowboy Bebop. Oh well, but I'll I'll have well, to look you him have up. To look it up. Although you do, yeah, you're right though. He does. I was like Avatar wants back. They, <laughs> they kind of recycle some character designs here and there. Yeah, and, which I mean, that's valid. There's so many freaking characters oh, yeah. in this universe; it's insane. So I can't even be mad about it. But you're like, what is he doing here? <laughs> There's a scene where when Bolin goes back to save them, where he's looking at the group of people and the Avatar Wan dude. His <laughs> eyes like <laughs> one eye's like over this way and the other eye's over here, and he's like, "Thanks, man." And I'm like, "What is wrong with this dude? <laughs> he got hit a little one too many times." I was I was losing it because it was one of those things where it just caught my attention and I was just like what like what's wrong with his face it's like all those derpy faces that we get in Avatar from like um Aang or Korra or you know you're just like what is this face right now it was one of those moments I'm really disappointed that I missed that 
Next time I watch this episode, I'm going to be looking Remember, for that. Remember, episode seven, Avatar 1 lookalike. Bolin saves them. About spirit vines or everything. Spirit vines, honestly, if we all had the capability to, like, fill the earth, it actually would be kind of a, a little invasive. Yeah, like, please my don't privacy. do that. Like, I'm like, what's Jackie doing right now? She's looking at memes while taking a poop. <laughs> the, uh, my comment on spirit vines was Cora using the spirit vines shows her spiritual development. Yes, um, yes. Because I don't think she could have done that, who she was in season one, season two. Couldn't, oh could not have done that at all absolutely but now it's like she didn't she just well they were in the train station she could just put her hand down and be like i, I think i know where he's at yeah she's able to ground herself and center herself to that moment whereas before it was such a struggle for her mm-hmm. i think that's the thing too with season i mean the end of season three well actually in season three she gets more connected to that spiritual side and season four is just it's that amplified definitely she may not be as strong as strong as a fighter right now but she has developed her spiritual side a lot more which is just as valuable exactly for an avatar, i mean yeah you know? absolutely it's it's half of what she needs really <laughs> bolin's such a good guy they put also one looking dude looking pretty rough <laughs> i'm telling you people read these notes and be like what what is this the the grandma is loyal to the Earth Kingdom. She's so she's remember crazy. the Earth Queen, yeah. And like season three, where she was like, "Oh no, she's gonna." When she died, she like lost it, mm-hmm. and then she sees the Earth King, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, this is my time to shine." The grandma's like, "Which, how nice!" It it also this little like preview of the fact that Asami's letting Mako and Bolin's family stay at her house shows how much their friendship has developed while Korra's been gone too. Yeah, definitely because the fact that. You know, he could trust her to let them stay there, and she's okay with them staying there. I mean, her house is humongous, so it makes sense. Yeah, it's but like the size the of an The whole island. entire city could live in it. Yeah. But it is, it's just cool to see that, too. Like, you know that their friendship has continued on while Cora's been off doing her own thing. Mm-hmm. So, that was nice to see, too. I want to live in Asami's house. I want to live in Asami's house, too. Does she still have the racetrack in the backyard? Oh, I hope so. And the pool, the indoor pool. That's right. Dang, Asami living the life. Yeah. I mean, it's too bad her dad was a piece of crap, but, yeah. you know. Aside from that. Yeah, aside from that. Hey, just, that developed her into who she is today. Yeah. The fact that she made the right choice. And then she's angry about it whenever anyone brings up her dad. <laughs> Don't talk about my dad. <laughs> I think I know what's best for me. <laughs> like, dang, girl. Corey, you sure this is girl? <laughs> <laughs> okay, when they were fighting on the train... I just, I had to write this down because I, out loud I said something while I was watching the episode. Um, when they f- get into the luggage compartment and they find Prince Wu and the two fighters, the two enemies come in and Korra uses airbending to blow them up to the ceiling. Do they not break their necks? They're dead. <laughs> I, the way they're just like crunched, I'm like, oh. How many times though in these it, shows are you like, so I'm you're like, dead? Oh, yeah, for real. So often. You're like, there's no way you're getting up from that. You're dead. Can you imagine just someone propelling you, you into the ceiling? Like, Boom. I'd be like, <laughs> dead. You're not going to make it. Yeah, you won't. You can't even get up. Exactly. You won't be able to even say anything. You're in so much pain if you are still alive. I don't think they are. I don't think they are either. They didn't come after them, so I'm going to assume they're dead. Oh, did they? I don't remember. I don't even remember. Um. So, Varric... MacGyvering up the EMP. Yeah. That was, as he started working on that, I was like, 
this is him being useful. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is him using his intelligence in a positive way, which was nice. It was good to see that. Again, like I said before, this episode was really a chance for Varric and Bolin to show their usefulness. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And Varric's been such a middleman this whole time. Like, he's been a neutral party in it all. And so, and you could tell even when he's done, he's like, Bolin, let's go. And he wants to leave the other people behind. And I think it's nice that they did put him together because Bolin adds that, gets him to realize, like, no, we need to help these people. And, you know, don't be so selfish. Think about other people for once. And I think not having Julie around has really helped him, although he misses her a lot because I think all we all need ever- a Julie in our <laughs> life. I mean, I wish I had someone as dedicated as she is. Mm-hmm. And... I can't wait for... I just can't... This episode makes me so excited for the episodes to come. Because you know what's going to happen. But re-watching these, you still get so excited at certain parts, you know? I also put um, Toph about a freak because they're taking apart the spirit vines. That's right. Yeah, what a way to end the episode. I'm like, dang, y'all want Toph after you? I don't think so. No, you don't know what I don't care how old she is. I don't want her after me. Like, I don't want bad blood with Toph. (laughs) No. There's one person you don't want bad blood with. She's a petty person. Dude, for- you know it'd be so petty on her part. If she lived another hundred years, she would never forget and she'd be harassing you and fucking with you the until day the day you die. die. And even after then, she would die so she could haunt you in the afterlife. <laughs> for real, she would find like, a that way. that is talk to a T. <laughs> yep, absolutely. I don't want that. I don't want that on my conscience. Kuvira, good luck. <laughs> You're, you're mess, and you're messing with her territory. Yeah. Like, she's done nothing, but she's just, like, chilled, left people alone, literally abandoned her children, like. <laughs> yeah, she, she left to, her children alone. Yeah. She wants to be alone, and you're coming into her territory, and you're just cutting it up. It's not gonna end well. No. I mean, we know how it ends. We do. That's for a later episode. Well, we're getting there. Can I just say I'm really proud that we didn't get off track so far? So far, we have not. We have done pretty well. Claps for us. We've done well. Um, Guys, congratulate us because you know us. We'll go on to like 30 different topics in 10 minutes. Yeah, this actually was the first time. This is how good this episode was. Exactly. It was the first time we talked just about this episode the entire time and didn't veer off into some other Avatar or non-Avatar related topic. That's how you know it's a good episode if we don't go off topic. This is... What makes me love Avatar? Yes. Episodes like this. If every episode was like this, I don't know if I would be able to watch any other show. You would because ruin it TV. Would, it would, because it's such a top... I mean, it's already such a top-tier show, in my opinion. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, definitely. But if every episode was like this, if Milo was in nothing, it would be <laughs> amazing. The two lines that Milo had this episode were two lines too many. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then Pema's just like, ah. And I'm like, girl, calm down. Take your kids away, please. Just take them. Janora is the only useful one. Yeah. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Let's Talk Avatar podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Let's Talk Avatar and on Facebook at Non-Essential Media. We appreciate all your support and look forward to making more content for you.